Welcome to episode 104 of the Inside Jogging Podcast. Another crazy week in the world of running with an astonishing women's world record in Berlin. There's also some domestic action to catch up on with news from Vitality 10K and the regional road relays. But before all of that, in a week where sick days at work hit the highest level seen for 10 years, with staff now taking an average of eight days off every year, let me welcome to the show a man who takes zero sick days off a year, spends an average of eight days a week on whatsapp how's your week been josh yeah all good thank you it's funny actually i I can't comprehend how you'd have eight days off you're just a model employee that's why joshua yeah what can i say let me welcome my co-host this evening who takes around eight days off every month to fulfill his social duties such as weddings and stag do's how's the recovery from the stag do coming on this week show you know yeah, not not ideal. Um, I wasn't actually hungover on Sunday, but I have slept a lot since then, and I've just thrown up at the end of my session. So, yeah, it's going well. Yeah, uh, me... was that session related, Shane, or was it drinking related? Well, I guess well, it was some sort of session. I think it was session related, but I mean, I ended up finishing in like a three oh four k or something. I don't think I've ever thrown up from a three oh four k in my life. So maybe a combination of both. Yeah, I, think I either can't hack the socials anymore or I can't hack training on the track anymore. I think it's both. Life decisions, mate. <laughs> Hopefully you haven't got many more um, things in the diary before Malaga. One more wedding and then we're clear. Okay. Might have to get you a, a wedding plan. <laughs> See if you can get through the weekend next time. Yeah, it might be needed. Right. Um, who should we kick off with this week? Josh, do you want to go first? I can indeed. Before uh, before I do that, I've just started first week into a marathon build. 21 weeks out. Why 21 weeks? That's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too unfit enough to do the 24 and I'm unfit enough to not do more. Uh, to do less, even because he thinks he's in a so solid crew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good change. Um, I'm, I'm sort of time filling here whilst I get my week up. But started in Zwift in Scotland, I think. Yeah. Uh, right. <clears throat> so Monday, um, I I spoke to you guys last week. I, I did this actually before we did the the podcast. So. Uh, I had a little bit of a niggle in my foot last week. And um, when we get to Wednesday, I saw Alex. Um, so I'll go into that a little bit more. So I um, I didn't run on Monday. I just did a bike. Um, so I did an hour, four, uh, hour 30. Um, Tuesday, I had 30 minutes in the morning um, on the bike. So I just did that um, as normal. And then I did eight miles in the evening running. Um the elapsed time on this was pretty horrendous, actually. I met um, Sam Borum, and we basically, we ended up as about half a mile from my house, and we ended up chatting. 
But when I went back on it, we were chatting for 40 minutes. Um, and before I finished the run off, so my elapsed time was an hour 30 for a 50 minute run. <laughs> so you would uh, you'd like that one. But pace wise, yeah, eight miles, six seventeens. Then Wednesday, um, I ran in the morning and did um eight miles. So I actually saw Gareth Warburton. Uh, for a massage on the Tuesday. And that seemed to solve a lot of the problems of my calf slash foot. Um, so I ran on Wednesday morning and it felt much, much better. Uh, so that was eight miles, 609s. And then I went, I got the train to Manchester um, to see Alex. And basically it's not actually my Achilles that's the problem. It's trying to understand it was a little bit hard but basically he thinks i've rolled my ankle quite badly a few years ago and there's a bone at the, the front of my foot oh sorry i guess the middle of my foot but at the top which is slightly uh out of position versus where it should be and my other side so when my foot tries to stabilize itself the all the sort of muscles around it are overworking um and that's then compressing as I fatigue at the back of my heel. And that's the sensation I feel. So it's not actually in my Achilles. It's just very nervy around that area. And that's why when Gareth sort of eased my calves off, um, it was very, very nervy when he did that. But yeah, it's all kind of linked together, really. So um, I've got some exercises to try and sort of make that a little bit better. Um, but he, did, he didn't seem too worried about it, actually, which was quite promising. Any feedback or comment, um, Shane? What sort Probably of exercises? Not, what sort of exercises are you doing to sort of bone out? Uh, it's more more the the stabilizing muscles and tendons around it. Um, so on the wobble board, just arabesques on that. Um, some of it is basically trying to keep strengthening my um, tib ant as well because that's I think causing some of the problems. Um, and then some hamstring stuff as well, because basically he got me in a position and sort of got me to try and isometrically hold it. And my hamstring cramped within like three or four seconds, which was obviously not ideal. So I'm just, sort of, I don't know if that's necessarily linked, but that's one that's come off the back of it. So yeah, I think the main one really for my foot is the, uh, the isometric holds and sort of carrying on with the, the car stuff. Because I think I basically because those muscles are getting overworked or tendons or whatever in my foot, my calf's getting tighter. Um, so obviously if I strengthen my calf, that will help as well. So <laughs> I suppose um, what's the, what's the thought process for, for doing Seville as opposed to maybe something a bit later? Cause if it's not quite right now, was it 20? Well, I don't, I don't think it's a quick fix. Yeah, so why why Seville then if it's maybe not going to be? I suppose. Well, I mean, the, the alternative would be not doing a marathon. You might not. I might not do one next year. So if it gets really bad, I'd end up having surgery. But I don't think it's near that. So I think it's very manageable, um, and hopefully it gets better. If it doesn't get better, then I won't do Seville. Yeah, just, I suppose it'd be a shame to do another another big block. And then for it to, it would. But if I didn't, what's the alternative? I don't do a block and don't race. 
can you not do shorter stuff but would it not um well i actually think shorter stuff it makes it worse to be honest so i i can run a, a reasonable pace it's it's the as on my foot turns in so the pronation of my foot is is kind of not what it it doesn't like too much um but i've kind of stopped wearing any carbon shoes sort of recently so hopefully that kind of helps um how did you get, recently, did you how get recently, a scan on it sorry well, i see this carbon no, shoe change when's that taken effect from the um well i haven't worn them the last time i wore carbon shoes was the last time i was in battersea so two weeks okay i'll keep an eye on it josh I've logged it. I'll keep it on. <laughs> Sorry, Shay. Yeah. I was going to say, can you get a scan on it? Like an MRI scan? Um, I don't know. I mean, I could get one. But uh, it could be one of those things you you see if you can get a scan and by time the NHS pulls through in six months' oh, time. I'd just go private. I wouldn't even bother with NHS. Well, so if, it's not, if it's not urgent, you could maybe try and get one without it costing you. Yeah, and it might just to, to like, be honest. I think uh, the club will pay. Oh, really? Oh, that'd be good. But it could yeah. be if you have like rolled your ankle years ago and you've got some scarring or basic, base, basically damage left in there that they can surgically remove. So it could be an impingement thing as well. Yeah, exactly. So when when he asked me, I thought back and I do um, distinctively remember a time I was running in hill grounds in Bedford and I put my foot in a rabbit hole and rolled it then and it was pretty bad um obviously i finished my run but <laughs> i couldn't walk when i got home and that mm. was i didn't run for a few certainly for a few days and that was i it rolled easy after that so i don't know we'll, we'll see i'm just going to monitor it if it if it gets really bad then obviously i'll look to see something more serious but sort of taking alex's advice and he he didn't seem so worried so yeah, well, i think he's, he's probably not worried because the i mean my one comment on top of it like the advice you've been given is fair enough things might be out of place quote unquote or whatever but that still kind of doesn't matter because you're still able yeah. to and have done high loads of training so maybe like linking up with what Aaron was suggesting if it is going to be bothersome not hitting those hard marathon blocks and just keeping training load lower might just help keep it at bay a little bit um, and then gradually increase it so there's two ways around it. You try and change what the body does or you try and get the body used to what it does do. Yeah. Um, I mean, and ultimately, if it is the, I mean, the only time I can think I've rolled it, you're talking 2017, probably 2018. So I've done a lot of running on it since. So, yeah. I've got a recommendation. We'll see. I, sorry? I've got a recommendation. So I rolled my ankle. Where was it? cross country 2020 and it's, it hadn't really been the same since what you need to do is have a child take loads of time off running and it'll be sorted so <laughs> that's my recommendation <laughs> I, so, yeah, I don't right. think anybody should recommend josh has a child yeah <laughs> i just did i think <laughs> so uh yeah saw alex and then i got the train to london so it was quite a long day's travelling, actually, on Wednesday. Um, then Thursday, I was in the office. Um, we actually we had this profiling thing, which was quite funny, actually, because... Uh, I, did I share, share it with you two? 
Uh, what one is it? I've done quite a few of them. It's called ins- Insiders, in- Insights, maybe something like that. So effectively, I'm I'm red and blue as my person personality traits. And if you read the thing, it is honestly like I wrote it about myself. And a lot of people are just like, you just sound like a massive dick. And I was like, thank you very much. <laughs> this is the biggest compliment I've ever seen. But no, it's uh, it was actually scarily true how um, accurate it is. Uh, sorry, scary worrying how true it is. Um, what, so I'll, uh, I'll what find the, some gems in there. What were the, um, I'm just looking at now, the four insights, red and blue. Formal precise cautious analytical deliberate questioning bold mm. and careful, purposeful i mean yeah i mean i'd say the so it's cool blue and fiery red the opposites are earth green and sunshine yellow which are all yeah the things and you are none of them that's yeah so it's quite funny so like yellow would be uh and this is such a classic example because it happened in the office Say there's a group of people having a chat, a yellow would want to go in and like be like, oh, I can't miss out on this chat. And my first one is shut the fuck up or I'll just sit and put my headphones on. And that honestly happens in the office every time I go. I'd, so say, let me... I'd, I'd say I'm very yellow and green based on these. <laughs> Trying to find uh, some key weakness, uh, possible weaknesses. Lacks tact and diplomacy. Um may step on each uh, step on toes to achieve objectives may not actively listen to other people's point of view <laughs> i say these are all reasonably reasonably yeah. accurate to be fair yeah so yeah that was quite interesting um and we went to the pub afterwards um so i thought ah oh, i will be sociable try and try and bring out my yellow in me um and then i was like oh fuck i haven't run and i really wish i ran in the morning and i knew i should have done it Oh, I thought, oh, fucking hell. But Rob said, because I, I originally had a session, and Rob said, based on Wednesday, just do a run. And he was like, 10 miles max. And I thought that was quite funny, because I was like, you never say a minimum, it's always a max. I was like, what does that kind of say about me? But um, in the end, I actually, I went on the treadmill, and I got 10K done. And it was fucking horrendous, but I got it done. Um, And then I didn't learn from my mistakes on Friday, and didn't run again in the morning. So I got the train home. By the time I got the train home, it was eight o'clock. I ran again. Uh, so six miles, six thirty-sixes. Um, Ed, one of the lads, one of the medics here, is the listener of the, the show, he came and biked with me, which was nice. Because um, that was fully dark at this time now, actually. Then Saturday, so I ran with uh, probably the fittest man in Cardiff, I would say at the moment, looks and shape. Um, and Luke Williams. So we did, I did 10 miles, um, average 601s, and we ended up probably running too quick at the end. We saw James Thee's group doing a session or like a, a sort of tempo, and we started sort of like 10 seconds behind them as we got into the park, and it was just too tempting not to, to try and catch him, really, wasn't it? So the last few miles were a little bit too quick, but there we go. Uh, and then Sunday, um, so... I got up at 5.45 on Sunday to watch the Formula One. Well, what a mistake that was. It was the most boring race I've ever watched. Well, not the most ever, but it was pretty bad. I then watched Berlin 
And I thought, oh, I need to run 2.11 now. So went out on my own. I actually, I felt pretty good. Like I was, I was running pretty within myself um, and did 16 miles, 5.52s. And I had a comment from Matthew Clouds asking if that was my tempo. Also, I actually got 23 likes on a reply. On, uh, so someone, uh, Mustafa, asked if I was buying those Adidas shoes, which I said, yes. Hopefully EPA comes with them. 23 people like that. Probably... Oh, good. So, yeah, um, that's, my, that's my week. So, Matty Clowes commenting on people's Strava. It's not the first time I've heard of this in a few weeks. So, yeah. this means Matt, who's not running, He's lurking. He's still scrolling through Strava in his, his time off from weightlifting or gardening. And, yeah, still commenting, getting active. So Being a menace, basically. Matthew, yeah. if you're listening... He won't be. ...on the show, we want to get you on for a little recording. Anyway, how many miles is that for the week, Josh? Um... Oh. It's so annoying on Strava on your desktop. It doesn't break it. Break cycling out. Bear with me. Uh, last week was 54 miles. So I had obviously had that one day off. Um, which is a little bit lower. But yeah, it was all right. Um, yeah. The Sunday was probably the best longer run I've done in a little while. And actually felt the best as well. So this 21-week build. Yeah. How quickly is it going to ramp up then to, to get the miles in? Um, good question. I don't know, to be honest. Because what you would say, 50 odd miles. Yeah, um, I mean, the weeks before that, I was doing 75. So this week will be about 70, uh, maybe 79 this week, I think. Not planned. Between 75 and 80 at least. Cool, cool. Um, Shane? You want to go for your Monday to Friday? Yes. Shane's of a weekend warrior, whatever that might <laughs> be. Yeah, I'd, weekend off, I heard it's the best way to train for a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Monday, I was quite happy with this. Did 7.77 miles. Lucky for some, uh, not for me. So um, Josh mentioned his elapsed time. Uh, I'm just having a look what mine was because, um, as we may have mentioned last week, uh, I was in a bit of a Mardi. Um, so I'd had a horrific weekend, as I discussed. And on Monday, I was like, right, I had no one to run with. It, 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 the weather just turned cold. I was knackered. I was like, you know what? I've not won the weekend. I just need to, you know, take this week, grab it by the horns and ride it. So, like, I'll do seven miles and, <clears throat> sorry, although I won't, I was like, I'll do 10 miles, but I thought I'll just do a, a bit of a, a lap that I'd done for the morning run uh, the week before, just around Rhizome, got to about five miles, and my belly hurt, I was like, I'll oh, probably going to poo myself, so I did a little bit more, I was like, right, now I'm going to try and have a pee, I was, I was near this place that was, that was nice for a little a little wild poo and it was just down this little uh down this little ridge there's a little pond at the bottom so um you know i went sort of business out basically basically pushed out the cork i was like 
no, this isn't this isn't good. I'll tell you what, I'll you know, we'll finish up and we'll uh stop jogging back home. And if I need to go again, I need to go again. We'll see what we can do. Um, but the thing that made me stop was was I don't think I've ever been in that much pain with my stomach. Like I literally felt like I felt like I'd pooed myself, but inside myself. It was it was awful, it was like so painful. So anyway, finished this poo. And I was climbing back up this ridge and I slipped and my hands and arms went into nettles. It was really mardy. My belly really hurt. It was an unsuccessful wild poo. It was I was freezing cold. So I start walking back, let it settle down, get a little jog going on. 30 seconds, I was nearly dying again. My my belly hurt so much that like I'm gonna have to walk. So I probably walked maybe about a mile and going past this farm. And I was in absolute agony. I was like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. This is horrendous. Um, Realised, I think this is my body um, ready for a, a big, big disposal. Uh, went quickly to the side near a gate. Um, got my got my bum all out and uh, did a significant amount of uh, defecating. And Jesus oh. Christ. I'm not sure we needed that detail, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure any listeners <laughs> running along who have got now a slight... Do you know what? I listen to some of these podcasts and, I don't know, it really annoys me when people start talking about feeling sick and you're feeling a little bit sick and it's all then you can think of. So This is going to make a lot of people feel sick. Maybe you need to do some bleeping, Aaron. Yeah. It was not very nice. It was very quick. And I was like, okay, hopefully that's it now. Started jogging again. 30 seconds later, I was nearly dying again. I was in so much pain. So I had to go for a third one. And I nearly got caught. I could hear someone walking past. And it was not not the most hidden. But they either chose to uh, deliberately ignore me um, to avoid any awkwardness. Or they generally wasn't aware that there was a skinny runner trying to do a poo behind the hedge. Um, eventually got back home. Extremely mardy. Extremely cold not feeling great and I was like I'm not recording you two do it about me um and luckily Josh came to the rescue and was like no we'll go tomorrow and then I, I put took for Tuesday anyway was unhappy but probably until Thursday my, my my belly was killing me and I've not actually had it before um but anyway so I was really annoyed because I'd made all this effort to get back on it do a 10 mile run and I was probably out for longer than 10 miles. I did a lot of walking and I was really miserable. Um, we've all been there. Um, I'm often there quite a bit. But anyway, so that was that. And that was annoying. Um, Tuesday morning, um, I actually wasn't convinced I could do a 10-mile run in a day. As in, like, I don't think my body could handle it. My belly was hurting. So I woke up reasonably early. Well, got up reasonably early. Uh, did six miles in the morning. Um, I ran with a dog. Yep, so I did dog jog six miles uh, around the common. So that was seven sixteen pace, forty three minutes, and in the evening I ran with Tom, and I did feel better. But again, my belly was still a bit sore, a bit dodgy. But we did seven, uh, seven and a bit miles, seven twenty seven pace. Yeah, it felt nice and easy. So I was a bit happy with that. On Wednesday we did a session. Um, so we wanted to do like a ten mile tempo ish so tom treated me to another local sudbrook loop so loop i think was a i think it was about 2.1 2.2 miles <clears throat> and um 
actually felt really good on this. It was so windy. Um, but being a loop, it was kind of like, we probably did about as good as we could have done around our area to actually not get a horrible headwind for about 10 minutes straight. So um, it was hard in places, but we had a massive backwind in places. Um, the loop wasn't flat, but wasn't exactly hilly. So I think it was quite a fair a fair loop to do it on. And I was just trying to gauge my pace by what time we hit a lap in it. So Tom ended up going to 10 miles on his watch. And I was just like, oh, I'm just going to do like five laps. So it came out like 10.88 miles. Might have been a bit shorter, might have been longer. I don't know. But my average pace, according to my watch, was 7.26 pace. Um, so give or take a few seconds. 5.26. Oh, yeah, 5.26. <laughs> yeah, I'm not in the last I'm not in the last 10K of the marathon yet. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but thing, thing is with this, I was feeling pretty good. I was like, oh, I feel good, so I'll do another lap because it will just get me longer than 10 miles and I probably need to bank the mileage because I wasn't expecting a huge weekend on the running. And... Um, Last lap on my own, I, I just completely lost focus. And it was by far, it was my slowest lap by like 10 seconds. I was like, oh, I don't know what I've done there. So I think my last lap was like 5.30s, according to my watch. But yeah, I was actually quite happy with that because I was saying on the warm-up, the only annoying thing is I hadn't really had any um, proper data of where I thought like my aerobic threshold might be because it's been so hot and humid. And then I was preparing for a windy session. However, that was probably a pretty fair run. So I was quite happy with where that was. <clears throat> um, the what's cool that, down. What's that? Five twenty six, about two twenty, probably like two twenty two. Two twenty two, yeah. But I mean, my, my marathon pace might not be slower than that. But I think, I mean, it was five twenty six. What was my heart rate for it? Yeah, two uh, two twenty two mid. Yeah, and my average heart rate is like where my aerobic threshold normally is. Obviously, I've not. I've not got myself booked in for a, a test yet. So we'll see how close that is when I do that. But yeah, that, I'm assuming <clears throat> marathon pace will be somewhere around there, maybe a bit slower. But yeah, I was quite happy with that because, you know, all I've done before was like 40 minutes feeling quite tough. And that generally did actually feel pretty good. However, the cool down was horrible. Um, I was absolutely dead. Uh, Tom did like a mile. And then um, I was like, no, I'm going to do three miles or I get like 16 in because, again, I was thinking about banking a run. And then the last five minutes of this cool down, the heavens opened. I was absolutely drenched. Um, so I was like, right, winter's returned. Wednesday. Right. Does this loop go past Tom Straw's front door? It does, yes. <laughs> so he, he left a gel in my car. Like wedged on the like, gap in my car boot, and he took a gel on board after like three laps. Um, Wednesday, Thursday, sorry. Um, I did ten miles. Friday, <laughs> I did ten miles, ten point oh eight. Uh, about the time on Friday. Oh yeah, who who would have thought? Six fifty one a.m. That's how committed I was on Friday to to salvage him a week. Six fifty one. Six fifty one. Oh, I've got four comments. I've not read these yet. Early, big lunchtime nap pending. No excuses for joining an early morning Saturday run. Uh, I'll still make excuses, James. And Carew looks bored. 
Um, right. So anyway, yeah, I was pretty, pretty pleased with myself. Uh, got up before we were driving over to Wales um, for stag do. So it was good stag. Saturday morning we did some canyoning, which I actually, uh, I wanted to see where we were. So I started my watch and apparently did 3.02 miles in 30 minutes. I can guarantee you I did not. It's in splits. I've commented. If it, if it, oh, did it go some four for the mile? Last mile. Oh, yes, because I forgot to turn it off. And then when Ronnie was driving, when we started driving towards Chester, I was like, on oh, my watch. My, my mile bleeps. And I was like, oh, yeah, I need to probably turn this off. Shane, just go back a second. You were yeah. in Wales at the weekend. For, on Saturday, yeah, Friday night into Saturday morning, I was in Wales. Where? Uh, near Betsy Coed. Oh, that doesn't sound near Cardiff. It's not. It's North Wales. It's near oh, Snow. Right. I'll let you off. Do you know Wales? It's quite a big yeah. country, right? No, it goes. It's about an hour's drive, Swansea to Cardiff. And that's it. Yeah. The rest of it doesn't exist. No, don't tell Andy Davis that. If you've not featured up in the twelve stage, it's not a place. Exactly. <laughs> so weekend off. Um, had a lot of sleep on Sunday. I didn't. I wasn't actually hungover Sunday morning. So I'll be honest. That's that's the real p- performance of the week. Um, but yeah, another weekend's running missed. So that's it now. Whip is cracked, and I'm back on it. Fifty-seven miles. Yeah, time to get some work in. Eleven weeks to go, Shane. Yeah, Aaron. Let me roll through my nearly a hundred mile week. Um, Here he is. Yeah, I I considered rounding up to hundred on Sunday evening. Then couldn't bother. Um, Monday morning, easy sixty five. Just did a a loop up the mountain from here up to Eastern on the hill. Um, a few trails in this one, and I did nine miles. 706s for 65 minutes and actually start to feel pretty fit so pretty pleased with how that that went um monday evening had to get some shopping in so stopped down at the cricket pitch and i did 30 minutes jog then six by 15 second pickups which then i so I ended up nearly running six miles, 6.53. I did 40 minutes in the end. Um, I felt a lot, lot better than the same jog the week before. So, yeah, legs recovered nicely off the whatever long run I'd done the weekend before. Um, then Tuesday. So I'll get my excuses in early this week. As Shane mentioned, it's been really, really windy. So I, I've done a lot on the treadmill because of that. And so Tuesday morning, I did 15 minutes warm up and then I did a session, which is a 15 minute session. It's 10 by three minutes at around half marathon type effort, potentially threshold. No, I'd say around half marathon effort. Um, and then two minutes steady. So I just switched up between uh, 18 and a half kilometers an hour, which is 5.13s for the three minutes, and then 16 and a half, 5.50s for the 
two minutes. So, yeah, all in all, I think that averaged out around 5.23.22 for the 50 minutes. So not too dissimilar to what you did, Shane, for an hour nearly. Um, felt loads, loads better because it was cooler outside. Um, so that actually felt okay. I considered ramping it up and then just thought, nah, I'm just going to leave my ego alone and sort of just stick with what I'd started at. I think the last... Sensible, mate. I'd have done the same. I think the last rep, I went up to 18.6 kilometres an hour. So, other than that, all good. Um, I Although, actually, this is where it started. On the last rep, I had to put it up because... So again, my sweat hit the treadmill, and it because I have this this display on the treadmill where, um, it has like quick, quick selection buttons, so you can go to like fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty kilometers an hour. You just press it, but it's a bit sensitive, and I think some sweat kept hitting. It kept seeming to hit like fourteen, so I was in the middle of a rep, and it would like drop right down. So I'd have to compensate by going up to twenty kilometers an hour, didn't I? Anyway, um. 15 minutes cool down, all good. So two miles, so what's that? Uh, 11.3 plus, so like a 13 and a half mile morning. Tuesday evening, jogged down to the nursery. Jenny was picking Eliza up, so met them there. So just under four miles, 707s. Couldn't bother to round that one up to 30 minutes. That was enough. Um, Now Wednesday, Josh would be proud. Josh... I tried to make Josh proud of this one. Um, <laughs> I delayed this run because it was horrible outside. And as Shane said, during his session, it rained a lot. In the end, I was like, oh, I now don't have a big enough window to do the 90-minute run I want. And if I go outside, it's not got any better. So I went on the treadmill and ran as far as I could in about 70 minutes. So that involved, I think at one point I was ramping up the treadmill every minute to get faster. I've not looked at the splits since I did it. So I started off at 6.59, I started off at seven minute mile in and finished off mile eight was 5.33, mile nine was 5.27, mile 10 was 5.21. And I sweated more than I have done on a session. So that was a, an actual session. I like that. That's good. A lot of time for that one. I think, and I know some people will ask them for reviews. There's something in these compression leg things, Josh. Oh, uh, do you know what? I've not been in the normal tent much recently. I need to get back on it. I think you do. I would have never been able to do a hard run the day after another hard run. But there you go. Maybe I'm just getting fitter as well. But we'll say it's the compression things. Um, Next day, no, at... we'll, we'll say that, Aaron, when they give us them for free. Yeah. So I did 12 miles at 6.05, 72 minutes. Next day, I went outside. Um, it was windy. And I don't seem to be able to run slow on my own. So I wanted it to be an easy run. I did 10 miles, 6.59s. And it wasn't as easy as it was meant to be. It wasn't hard by any means, but... I think I probably worked a little bit too hard. Um, 
So evening, I just went down to cricket pitch, did 30 minutes, just did some laps, four and a half miles. Uh, Friday, I think we're on Friday now, must be. Friday morning, did eight miles with Ruth. Um, where did we go, this one? I can't even remember half this run. I think we hit a few trails, but anyway, 7.33s for an hour. Saturday. Now, I was meant to do my session on the Sunday morning. So I was looking after Eliza from Friday night through to Saturday like Saturday afternoon and Jenny got back from work a little bit early and I was meant to meet the boys for the marathon session Sunday morning but I was pressed for time because I had to get down to St Albans quite early on Sunday morning and I I thought oh, I needed to do 10 miles anyway and I was like if I'm going to do 10 miles I might as well do my session from t- for tomorrow so Ipswich were playing and they were three one up at half time so I jumped on the treadmill and I thought in my head that it might make the match go a bit quicker it did the opposite especially in injury time which we'll get to so the session was 17 miles well actually I did 27k because it was in k's kind of progressive but on paper, like I, I only wanted to go down to sort of six fifteen, six twenties. So just sort of an hour forty-five steady, I would say. Then it was meant to be two by two by two mile at marathon effort. Now, seventeen mile progressive, all okay, but on a treadmill, that took a long time. And especially, so Ipswich, um, it went back to free all. And then we went four free up. I was trying to keep my heart rate nice and steady. That did not help. Then there was eight minutes of added on time, which seemed to last for like 15, 20 minutes. Um, but oh, I actually got up to about six minute mile, I think, by the end. I think I got up to 16 and a half kilometers an hour. Um, and I started the first rep and got a mile, I think a, a mile and a half in. And the same thing happened. The sweat hit the, the, and I couldn't, I couldn't ramp it back up. So I had like almost like 30 second recovery. And I just, I did a random rep basically. Then only did a half mile jog, then two mile at sort of, I think five twenties, but it felt good. Like I never felt again. I felt like I could have gone quicker. Yes, maybe the treadmill's a little bit generous, but even if it's five seconds kilometer generous, that's still solid effort. So, um, twenty two miles on the treadmill, six oh nines, two hours fourteen. Saturday afternoon. Um, the best thing was just after Ipswich finished, just after five o'clock. I jumped off the treadmill to go in the house for a little wee. Jenny was like, oh, you finished? And I was like, no, I've got about an hour and a half to do. And her face did not look too pleased about that. But anyway, got it done. Um, so Sunday morning, I, the, as I said, the boys were doing their marathon session. So I went down there early and did 
10, uh, just over 10 miles with them. So we started at quarter past seven. So I did 10.25 miles at 6.55s. Our legs were actually okay. Um, Ben was like, why don't you just do another mile or so to round up to 100 miles? And I was like, I've already broken seven minute miles the day after a session. This is more because they were they'd picked up to six forties by then. And I was just sort of sitting in, just trying to get a nice free run. Um so actually the weather wasn't because the weather was meant to be pretty bad on Sunday, but it was actually okay for that run. So what's that? Ninety, I think it's ninety-eight point nine miles. Um a few too many sessions on the treadmill for my liking, but it is what it is. And hopefully we can get a session on the road done this week at the weekend. Um, Cause the weather's looking very good on Saturday. So potentially maybe Saturday, but there's also a race on a sun on Sunday, which might form part of the long run. So we will see. What race is that? The one near Spalding, West Pinchbeck 10k. That's a big one. I remember running, I broke 35 minutes for the first time there. I did it as a marathon a few years ago. I did, I think, 18 miles before and then tried to do 10k at marathon pace after 18 miles and it did not feel great. What are you you saying then? Are you going to do Peterborough half marathon? I don't think so. I'm not fussed about racing, to be honest with you. Um, I'd rather, as I'm a bit pushed for time on some of these weekends, I'd rather to get the runs done and kind of, yeah, be sensible where I can. I think the danger of, yes, racing will be useful, but the danger of something like Great Eastern, especially, is I'll go off too hard. A bit like we'll talk about when we come to talk about Berlin Marathon and won't be able to put my ego to a side and run at the pace I probably should run at and try and run at a pace that I used to run at and blow up and have a bad run and take a few days off. So I think I'll just get the sessions in. Um, And I've just, I do do think at the moment the fitness is coming on nicely each week. So it's more of the same, really. if that's boring and running around cricket pitches and on the treadmill, then at least it's done. I do agree, though. I don't think if you push your time, don't bother racing. Yeah. I don't think you need to. It's just like, especially <laughs> even this West Pintrek one, it's it's half 10 start out in the middle of Spalding. So after cool down, you'll be finished at midday. Then I've got to drive home and as you know, Shane, we've got like all the training plans to, and family time to consider. It's just, just a bit of a push. Like if it's if it's a race that fits and works, I would like to do a a half marathon. But I just don't. I just think Peterborough would be a bit silly, especially when it's probably going to be twelve point nine miles. So, um, yeah, that's fair. I think like um, I ask because. I get a lot of people asking me, clients, and I'm normally recommending other clients, like, oh, shall I race? I'm like, yeah, like, if you're in shape, race. 
I suppose the difference with us is we have been running a very long time. And, you know, you know your body. You know, you don't know, you don't need to do a race to validate what shape you're in or what your target is. And again, as you know, difference for Malaga for you, I suppose, in comparison to when you've done London and Manchester in the past is you're not actually bothered about trying to hit a PB or anything outstanding. You just want a solid run, don't you? Yeah, I don't, I don't need the confidence from a race. I can get the confidence from some long runs and how I feel without yeah. breaking myself and taking up a whole weekend of a race. And um, yeah, I just, yeah, I think that's probably, you're right. Like I also advise a lot of people to do, to do races in the build up, but it's more if they need that validation of confidence and need to, I don't know. And that's what they enjoy doing, but I'll see. Maybe, maybe when I'm into a proper block next year that I might race some more, but we will see. Anyway, Strava leaderboard. Um, this year, Josh, Josh just said this hour is going well. I, I'm meant to be doing a run after this podcast. It's already nine o'clock. That run is looking less and less likely. So if we continue a bit longer, then I'd have to do it. Um, last week's leaderboard, Josh, I've got it in the notes. Can you see the uh, notes? I've um, got the leaderboard anyway. So in first place, and you might have to help me on this name because I think you guys know him. Is it Karoo? Karoo. Yeah, we'll go with Karoo. Karoo, um, Shimada, 133.3. And then big. second place. Sorry? Not big, that. Yeah, it is big. And just behind him, Jake Barraclough, 132.1. And then Sesman is back, back on the mileage, 124.5. So um, I am assuming he's probably doing Valencia. Yes, he is. Um, yeah. Your mate Dan Hamilton in the fifth, 602 average. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a B he's a, he's a tech, Josh Lund. If anyone wants to see, a ridiculous 10 days of running just go on his Strava and have a little scroll through um yeah. it is absolutely in shape well we will see won't we as i said you know the proof is the proof is in the race um i if i would have done my little double on sunday i could have broken to the top 10 you know if but maybe i think i was 15th was i 16th yeah, you're yeah, yeah, 16, I think. Uh, yeah, 16. Um, moving on from you. On the, the ladies, we have... So, if you like this, listener, Ruth Jones, top lady, 77 miles. In second place, Sally O'Gorman, 73. And she's um, a Berlin finisher. Yeah. And then third place for the women, Jade Morgan, 69.1. Just oh yeah, you've actually done that better than I have. I put someone else in, Karen Belay, so you've spotted somebody else. Um Sally, did she run a PB on Sunday? Uh she did. She actually ran even splits to the second. That's a quite a big week, right? 73. Um that's probably about it's probably a little bit more than I would do. Yeah, yeah. I think it usually mine usually comes out to about sixty five ish. Anyway, she'll, she'll be having two weeks off after this because I think she's got a bit of a niggle. So fair enough. Right. Um, 
Strava moans of the week or just general moans of the week, I think. Um, now, I've got a few little screenshots in, in the notes. I don't know if you boys got it open. But my, uh, my biggest annoyance um, is, is seeing the vast essays in relation to marathons of late um and quite often it's it's around the the theme usually goes around my legs felt okay at 30k um <laughs> i felt good at 20 miles was on track then mm. usually it's something like i don't know what happened or i got some sort of cramps or some general excuse and I suppose these people feel the need to put all of these excuses on their Strava because they've built it up so much in the build-up on Instagram. Um, and now I've got no problems with people putting it out there, as I've said before. But I I looked at a lot of people's splits, especially the early splits at Berlin, the 5, 10K, 15K splits. The amount of people who went out far too hard for, for, yeah, their ability. You, when you look at people who ran really well, like Charlie Perdue or, as you mentioned, Sally, really consistent, nice, even splits. And you, you don't want to ever feel strained in that first half, 25, 30K, do you? You want it to feel easier than easier than pace like it shouldn't just feel good it should feel easy so it always surprised me when people say oh i felt good until i didn't I'm like well yeah that's running American. um so yeah people just need to put their ego to a side really and it was a good it was a good reminder actually for me for valence for um malaga to to not get too caught up in if things progress from now to the race day and not get that creep to all of a sudden go, oh, I'm going to go for sub 220 when it's... I I, I honestly think, and I know we spoke about this before and I've, I've probably said the opposite before, you know, if you go through in a pace that's easier, you can pick up a lot in the last last half I know, I know we, we, Josh, you, you go a little bit quicker, but it just doesn't, I just haven't seen, how many people have you seen go all out for it and pull it off? I yeah. didn't say anybody. Other, think, than, other than Kelvin Kipton. So, <laughs> yeah, but he's obviously cruising and then goes all out in the second yeah. half. Um so I was on on Wednesday. I was on a um, I was on a webinar on nutrition for the marathon, and it was a, a, a nutritionist called Asker Yukonjul. Now he was Haile Gabriel Selassie's nutritionist when he stepped up into the marathon, and all the way through to when he was breaking world records in non super shoes. And you know he's he's a researcher, so he was saying basically the the main thing where people's marathons go wrong is basically carbohydrates the second thing that ruins marathons is things like muscle fatigue and then i think the third thing was hydration the fourth was 
I can't remember something else. But um, point being is when you're seeing people say that, you know, their hamstrings did this to them, or it didn't, you know, one we saw was wouldn't give me a break from roughly 26K. That your hamstrings, you're not fueling properly. You're not training properly. You're not racing properly. Like, it's so annoying. Just if you didn't, if you got the marathon, I, I, I tried a marathon, I got it horrendously wrong. You know, that wasn't because of something else that got me. It's you, isn't it? And you're right. Like, just so many people think, oh, I'm going to go off. I'm going to roll the dice. I'm going to go off and, and do this. And it's, it's fair enough if you've done the training for it and you've got your nutrition plan nailed and you've practised all of that. But oh, no, I think it's a bit silly. Uh, I'm going to go off on. Why would you roll the dice in a marathon? What, what does that even mean? Why are you going to take a load of risks on the one day that you've been training for where you've been training for? Some, why would you roll the dice? It doesn't mean anything. Stop saying it, people. Anyway. Um, We'll talk, we'll go into Berlin, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, there's, I don't, I don't know what it, I don't know if it's the shoes that's given people this ultra confidence that they can go at a pace, like often, often the pace they're going at, well, we saw one, didn't we? And I will name that one name um, because, you know, I'm not having a go at, I mean, this is the extreme. Was it? Is it safe food, Jamal? The the lad from London. Yeah, he went through a tent through ten k in a PB. So he went through five k in fourteen forty five. Josh. Yeah. Yeah. And like twenty nine thirty. Then was it sixty four high through half? Sixty four flat. And then what? What did he finish in? Two nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a 64-75 split. I mean, fair play to hold to hold it together off something that that fast. But what in it is going through your head to go through in a 10k PB on race day? It's it's absolute madness. It gets me every time. Um, but yeah, I just look. I I saw. You know, there was still a little bit of blaming conditions and not getting the right electrolytes in and things. Conditions were absolutely perfect. Let's be honest. Like it was 14 degrees. Humidity wasn't that high. I've seen people say it's high. It wasn't that high. Um, If it was so bad, you know, what does that mean? A Sephir would have run 208. So, yeah. Um, let's go to the Berlin news and talking of, uh, is it Tist, Tigst? I don't know how to pronounce first name. Um, I'm going to go with Tigst the Sefer. She ran a new world record for 2.11.53, um, which takes over two minutes off Bridget Koskai's 2.14.04 world record. Uh, a Sefer, she ran 2.15.37 last year. Um, and before that, I want to say her PB was two thirty three. I think she was, yeah, it was like two thirty five. I think. I think she was a sub two minute eight hundred meter runner as well. Um, but yeah, I suppose it's interesting because you look back and you know Paula's Radcliffe's 
215 over 16 years ago in London was untouchable and that was a massive shift is is this shift any different to Paula's 215 did you see Andy Hayes' tweet no, yeah, the Do you know what I found interesting about that though? So what, there so are times. Uh, I'll find. Let yeah. me find exactly exactly what. Yeah, I've got it. So Andy Hayes exactly. um, did two eleven fifty three is three one thousand three hundred eighteen points on World Athletic scoring tables. But yeah, these cherry picking equivalents, but that's equal to a one fifty one fifty nine eight hundred, a three forty six fifteen hundred meters. 1342 5k, a 2845 uh, 10k, and a 101.12 half. And the men's equivalent is a two hours and 48 marathon. One. 56. Hmm? One hour 48. Two, no, hours two hours and 48. Marathon. Oh, 48 seconds. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 56.49 half, 26.04 10k, 12.31 5k, 3.24.15. And I mean, I I put them in, I don't know if you've done this, if your calculators yet, Aaron, but I'd put them in some of the calculators on Final Surge. And again, you put in a 211 and it, it's, well, interestingly, it brings up slower than the world record for half marathon. But it, again, that 211 is faster than every other world record on the women's. Any caveat on those points is I've also heard that comparing to other distances, it doesn't get as many points as Warhomes 400 hurdles, Bolts 1-200, the pole vault. Um, so there's other things that actually get more points than it. Yeah. yeah. And, and that, that's what I was going to say I found interesting. So everybody says it's so ridiculous, but actually there are more ridiculous results out there by the sounds of it. Yeah. And I still think it's not as ridiculous as the half marathon world record. Agreed. Um, I, I still think that's absolutely silly. Um, and I, I, I don't know, like it, it's, I think the, the, the thing, my, the thing I'm trying not to forget, because I'm skeptical always, but women's distance running has been so far behind the men's for quite a while. So it is catching up. It's just, it was just a big jump. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple of things for me is, firstly, if it was um, one of the big names, um, what's her name? We've got the half marathon world record. Uh, G'day. If it was G'day running it, if it was a DeBarber or somebody who's done a load of things that we've seen, I probably would have, you know, thought it was more realistic. This is somebody who's come out of the woodwork a bit like Kipchoge, only races once a year and produces this time. So that's one thing. That's but to be fair on that, Aaron, to, to, to defend her on that, she did beat G'day last year, did she not? In the marathon. Or was it another race? I feel like, oh no, she, that was somewhere else. Sorry, I take that back. Yeah, I don't, I don't think she's raced much else other than, than the marathon. And I suppose the other thing is, um, I try and always relate it to just a general rule. So the, the general rule has always been about a 10, 11% difference between men and women's in distance running times. And 
try and relate it to I always try and relate it to our our top runners. So the likes of I don't know, what did what did Hawkins run? For Callum. Yeah. Two oh eight. Two oh eight, which is hundred and twenty eight minutes. Quick maths. What's what's that on top? Like thirteen fourteen minutes. Add fourteen minutes to that. Two twenty two. Oh yeah. It's exactly what Charlotte Purdue ran. So yeah. in in that sense, um that eleven percent type rule works. So what does that mean for I can't I, so what does that mean? Our two hours would be plus thirteen minutes. Oh yeah, cool. So this then is therefore equivalent to what a one fifty eight in that kind of rule. So that's where it gets a little bit tricky for me. True. However, um, obviously, if well, as you go up the distances to ultra events, the gap closes from men to women. Maybe is is the marathon? Is it going to close that gap a bit more? Yeah, but it it doesn't in all other kind of. Um, if you look, if you take those like just random samples, like the one I just gave of Hawkins, Purdue, whatever, whatever, and Purdue's only just closed that. I suppose if you threw Paul Radcliffe into the mix, then it's not eleven percent. I don't know. Who knows? Um, anyway, the other interesting thing about the race was she was wearing the new Adi Zero Adidas Pro Evo One shoes. Um, they can't be the reason that she's taken all the time off, surely. No, because the men ran pretty shit in them. So uh, yeah, I don't know who was wearing them. Do you know, Josh? Uh, well, the woman in second was wearing them. Um, Kip Ruto was wearing them in the men's. He he faded quite badly in the last couple of k. Um, and Petros, the German, was wearing them. Uh, he ran two two oh four fifty eight, I think. Um, which obviously is a PB, but um. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that the thing was the top guys in the men's didn't have them on. She obviously had Kip Chogate wearing Nikes. Yeah. So I've just got a cat just jumped on me. Um, so did, did either of you try and get the shoes this morning? No, I know you did, Josh. Uh, I failed. I see they're already on eBay for a lot of money. Yeah. Um. So going into the race, so... Asefa ran her first half in 66.20. I suppose the the crazy thing is is the second half where she ran 65.33. So that's what, five or one pace for the whole marathon. So looking at the splits, she closed, was it 30 to 40k in 31 flats? I don't actually know what her last two k was. I oh, know I do actually. So I actually know this because somebody sent it to me. Her, last her, her, her finish, the the two point, what is it, two point one one something? Months, yeah. yeah, that she ran six forty. Yeah. Um, yes. Also, interesting fact is, I think it was it'd be ten to fifteen k. Have you got have you got the five k segments there? Yeah, I know that one was very very quick. It was like fourteen something. Not according to these splits. Uh, so, I saw that on I saw that online. Um, fifteen fifty nine, fifteen forty six, fifteen forty one, 
15, 26, 15, 48, 15, 30. That must have been a typo then, because I saw that I think they put 14, 49, but fair enough. Anyway, behind uh, Sefer was Sheila Chekkarui in 217, 49, and Magdalena Shuri in 218.41. I mean, the top top eight all broke 220, which is, yeah, astonishing, really. Um, on the British side, a great day for Charlie Perdue. She finished ninth in 222.17, which was a minute off her lifetime PB and moves her second on the British all-time list. She jumps ahead of Jess Piedecki and Mara Yamuchi. And yeah, her splits ultra ultra consistent. I think did she have Clarky and Tomo pacing her? Uh, I think just Clarky. No, Tomo was. T- Tomo was definitely pacing another. Uh, I do if there's a German woman. Oh, well, he finished. With her. So maybe, maybe not. Maybe maybe did a bit. I don't know. Maybe I got that wrong. I thought I saw in a picture that he was. Finished pacing her. Um, Louise Small ran 230.54 for a PB, 25th. Anya Culling, 235.42. And Sally O'Gorman, 237.48. So, yeah, good day for the British women. Um, men's side, Elliot Kipchoge, still the king of Berlin. He recorded his fifth Berlin title, winning in 202.42 holding off uh, Vincent Kemoy in 203.13 and Tedesi Tequili 203.24. Josh, you watched this. Uh, I heard that he had his group of pacemakers, but he also had his mate who wasn't an official pacemaker. Wow, it was a bit dodgy. I mean, this guy's PB is, I think it was 208. Yeah. He, was, he was with him at, I mean, coming up to 30k, he's still with him and they're on like world record pace and then he just dropped he just stopped <laughs> basically as soon as he got dropped he just stopped yeah what do you think he was a minute ahead of of third i think at the time yeah and so. he was he was part of the nn team it, it just looked to me it was orchestrated yeah yeah it seems a bit a bit bizarre to say the least um yeah so kipchoge he actually started off i mean i had his splits tracking his first 5K was under two-hour pace, I think. Um, and he hit halfway in 60-22. Um, so his quick, second quickest halfway split. Um, but he slowed and faded away in the second half a little. And at one point, I think you said um, the gap was down to 31 seconds, was it? And it looked like he might be caught. Yeah, I mean, with with like five k to go, you thought, I don't know if he's going to win this. There's a few times I thought that, um, and there was a group of three of them chasing, and then the group kind of split up, and I think that was almost a little bit of the undoing of them. I think he probably rallied a little bit as well, but yeah, he didn't great. Yeah. Um. So, what's that top top nine under two hundred five? Petros, the German, with a new national record of 204.58 for ninth. The, from a British perspective, Wayne Gebeselassi had the best race. Um, he improved his his PB to 209.50. That's some progression from Wayne, isn't it? 
I mean, yeah, he, he always goes out quite spiritedly, should we say, um, when he's just held on. Another. I mean, he still slowed quite a lot. I think he was on 208 flat but from quite, quite away. I feel a few years ago when I had that bad run at the big half, he only just passed me on on Tower Bridge that day. So I feel like his progression is, has been pretty swift too. Um, I'm not really entirely sure on his backstory, but... Um, Maybe you can look that up in a sec. He's the 18th Brit to run under 210. Alex Lepetra ran to 18.27. Um, he also faded quite a lot after I think he was on 212 pace early on. Um, yeah. And, and then, a good good one for me. I mean, he just owned it. He sort of said, Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Um and then Clarky pacing Charlie Perger actually recorded a time two twenty two thirty three. Um Ben Lehman two twenty three oh four. I think that's it from a British perspective, unless we had anybody else. Uh, I don't think so. Um Vitality ten K. So although most people were watching watching Berlin, there's still some quick times. In the centre of London, um, Jack Rowe took the win in twenty eight thirteen as he warmed up for the world running, uh, world road running championships next week. Uh, behind him is Ben Bradley in twenty nine thirty two, Callum Farm in twenty nine thirty four. Not heard of Callum, Are you Josh? No, me neither. Um, it was a PB for Callum anyway. Um. In the women's field, Sonia Samuels took the win, 33-01. Says PB for Sonia, which would be quite remarkable. Um, says her PB was 33-18. So Sonia's an Olympian from 2016, Rio. Um, she finished a minute clear of Andrea Clement in 33-52 and Holly Dixon third in 34-08. Um yeah, it's it seems quite a fast race, Vitality. What annoys me, actually, I'm going to have an annoyance. They call it Vitality 10,000. It's That's not 10K. 10, it's 10K, come on. Yeah. Come on, people. Um, I heard there was a few issues with some of the waves this year, but I think at the top end, if you can get out, it's fairly quick. Um. Shane just waved at me for anybody who's just wondering why I paused. I found that quite good. Right, that's about it, boys. Any other news we've missed? Uh, road relays, but oh, it was regionals. I, I started to look at them and I couldn't seem to find full results of some things. So it sounds very much like regional road relays. Yeah. Um, do you have any? Off your top of your uh, I know the southern top three was Shaftesbury. Well, I say this now for pressure on myself. I know Shaftesbury won. I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna say I think because, yeah. And it leads with Norbins. Older shot won the women's sevens. I think they were second as well. So, talking of Shaftesbury Barnet. The black and white Pacers vests in major marathons is based on Shaftesbury Barnett's vest, isn't it? Because of Dave Bedford. Yeah. yeah. 
Dave Bedford ran for Shaftesbury and then he must have introduced it at London Marathon. Yeah. Right. Good. Yeah, I, I was trying to do a bit of research before and I couldn't actually find the story. So I was just trying to work out if that's correct. Yeah, no, it's, that's, it's definitely right. I think it's class. I like it. Yeah. Um. Right, boys. What's happening in your world this week? Um. What's happening? I'm in Cardiff all week for a change, which is quite nice. Um, I'm going to start studying for my next oh. exam this week. I've just realised I missed list the question completely. Oh, um, should we do it? Let's just go for a couple. I've, I'd have got, I've got a few in here. I'm just tr- trying to see which ones I can read and which ones I can't read. I suppose. Um, I mean, there's one here for you, Shane. Has Shane managed to get a hold of a pair of those Adidas shoes to get him inside two fifty seven at Malaga? <laughs> No, and I cannot afford that, do I? Um, Josh saying he'd run two or eight. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's anything other than people saying drugs in our chat, which is maybe a sign of our listeners. Oh, Carl Wellborn asking, is it acceptable to hang around the elite toilets pre-race? <laughs> I wonder why he's asking that one. Um, what else we got oh somebody else talked about the 10% rule good on David Thorpe at least he knows Um, I mean I suppose do we believe she was clean I'm probably more believe, believe believing than you two I would say I don't believe she's doing anything that her competitors aren't. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment um, because that's that's the issue right there, isn't it? Is how dirty has the sport become? Um, I mean, my I, there's one way to to kind of solve it, is there not? Is which can you not? test test people every couple of weeks for the whole year and then at least if you need to publish and I mean I know it's personal data but you know if if I was a sefer and I was clean and people questioned it which they're going to question it and I've got that bank of test results I just go well, here they are do you think she knows if she's clean or not? Well, that's what I don't even know if she's tested. Do you, I don't know if there's a testing program in Ethiopia that's that robust. I know there is in the UK, well, to an extent. Um, but I mean, just as a sidetrack. So when I was on London, I went on WADA testing for four or five months and I got tested every. I think I got tested five times in the build-up to London, so pretty much every month. In March, I got an iron injection because my ferritin was so low. And my um, hematica or hemoglobin, one of them, went up significantly between the two tests. I'm talking 25% increase. It was never flagged. So... 
that jump that you must need to do to get flagged must be fairly significant. Um, I just thought, I obviously I declared it and things, but I I just thought it would. Yeah, I always thought that maybe the percentage increase would be a bit lower than than that. But anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, I think that's a list of questions. Sorry, was there anything else you two two boys are doing? No, that that's it for me. Um, I've got I, my commitment for this MOT. Was... I will I will not be running now because it's now half past nine, and the last few nights I've had about three four hours sleep because Eliza has decided to wake up and I, not sleep. I, I do have a question. Are you going to hit 100 miles this week? That was the plan. I I Friday had planned in for six miles easy anyway, so I'm just going to swap Tuesday and Friday. So, sound. Um, I do want to get a good steady run in this week. Um, I did a session yesterday actually, so I've already done one session. So, cool. started the week for the session. Um, but yeah, that's it, boys. We'll speak again. Probably next week. Bye. Sounds good, guys.